0: You're listening to the Boss of Your Brand Podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking to elevate their brand both on and offline. I'm your host, Jessica Alex of Jessica Alex Marketing. Hello and welcome to another edition of Boss of Your Brand Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Jessica Alex, and I'm so excited to bring you another interview For this month, so we're talking today with Nadia Aramos, and she is an amazing, amazing entrepreneur that I connected with via Instagram. I found that over the past year, especially with the pandemic and the lockdowns that we've been going through, that I was able to connect with even more people Online, especially internationally. So Nadia is actually based in the US and she connected with me again through Instagram, through the DMs, and I just loved her energy, I loved her vibe. I was like, you know what? Like, let's connect, right? So I had her as a guest on my live show on my Instagram page, and I also had her as a guest blogger. But I'm like, you know what? I need to have you come on this podcast because you are just so full of knowledge, you're a wealth of knowledge, and I would love for my audience to hear you and your insights. So, so happy that she was able to join. And of course, Nadia Ramos, she's a writer, content creator, marketing communication specialist, and co founder of Marca Consulting Firm. She helps Latino entrepreneurs grow their businesses using digital marketing strategies. She's also the host of a live stream show hashtag live with Nadia, a space she created to encourage conversations that fuel growth for Latinas as women, mothers, and professionals. So without further ado, this is my interview with Nadia Ramos. I am so, so excited to have Nadia Ramos join us today. I actually met her through Instagram and... It was just right off the bat, I'm like, hey, this is someone that I definitely want to keep in touch with. She definitely has a lot of fire and passion and you can tell that she just loves what she does and that she's very knowledgeable in her field of expertise. I actually had an opportunity to have her join me for an Instagram live and she just blew my mind. Everyone that was watching was just like, wow, this woman is a force to be reckoned with. So I just knew that when I was going to finally launch Boss Up Your Brand podcast that I had to have her come on and I'm so, so excited to have her join us today to talk about diversity and inclusion in marketing. Without further ado, we're just gonna get Nadia to join us and get to know her a little bit better. So Nadia, thank you so much for joining tonight. Hi, Jessica, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you again. I thought I'd just start off with you telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do.
1: Of course. So I've been in marketing and communications for about eight years now. I started off as an intern. I really, really wanted to go into some sort of a TV hosting, news anchor. That's what I did through college. And I am, I now find myself in more in the marketing space, but I'm still for sure a communicator at heart.
0: Yeah. It's actually interesting that you mentioned that because you do have um, a live show as well, right?
1: Yeah. So I just launched live with Nadia which is a space that I created to help fuel growth for Hispanic women. We talk about self-care, motherhood, and career development. And i really push for the conversations to be unfiltered, open, honest, and raw. So think about when you have conversations with your girlfriends and you just say what's on your mind. You say what you mean and you mean what you say. So that's the vibe on the show. I really want to have people that are going to come on and push us outside of our comfort zone I really, really believe growth lies outside of our comfort zone. So in order for us to grow, we definitely have to go there and feel pushed and outside of our boundaries.
0: I absolutely love that, right? The idea of stepping out of your your comfort zone that's exactly where how growth will happen if we stay stagnant or or play it safe all the time then we're not really going to grow we're not going to better ourselves so i absolutely love that i love that you know you're creating a community that is about just being open and and unfiltered especially you know the age that we're living in where sometimes things are just so curated all the time so the fact that you have that conversation that's more raw like I, i absolutely love that
1: yeah, I think that the the ways in which we are communicating nowadays, we've evolved in so many ways. And I think that that has had, there's been good and bad with that. There's been so many advancements with technology and we're able to connect with people. I mean, even how you and I are connecting, we are in two completely different countries, nowhere near being in the same space. We've been able to make strides and, and there's been so much good that has come out of that. But I also feel that that has put us in a space where everything has to look and feel and sound a certain way just because we have access to so much more. We're exposed to so much more. So we are constantly comparing ourselves to... The next big thing. So it's, it's just really, really hard to feel like we can keep up and feel like we are good enough or worthy enough with live with Nadia. That's the other thing too. Because we're live, there's no room for me to edit anything out. There's no room for us to mess up and, and start all over. No, you are seeing us in our true form. You are, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to show up and sound because it's it's Nadia so that's it's the power of of technology and I think that there's been good and bad that has come out of that for me it's just been pulling the gems pulling the, the diamonds out of technology how can I use these platforms to definitely get the message out there but definitely also stay true to myself and my community
0: wow I love it. There's so many good points that you brought up. And one of the things that stood out to me is even when you're just saying, like, when you do a live, there's no, like, undo button. And it can be scary, but then it's also empowering when you're just like, you know what? Like, I may mess up, but that's to be expected. Like, and, and it's okay, right? I feel like when, you, when you're live and you, you have a blooper moment... People are kind of expecting that. So kind of release some, in a weird way, it release pressure.
1: Absolutely. It, it. I think it normalizes too. We've gotten away from just showing off as who we are because Instagram has become our highlight reel and we use filters and we edit our photos before we post them. Nothing wrong with that. No shame in that. But I do feel that we have now landed a, at a point where everything is so curated. Everything has to look and feel and sound a certain way. But now... Things are going in, in the in the opposite direction because we as humans, even though we want to be, you know, all the things, <laughs> there comes a point where we realize we are just human. We're not super humans. And there's, there's pieces of that that I embrace. Definitely showing up as yourself and definitely being unapologetically yourself. There's growth in that.
0: Absolutely. And perhaps the pandemic had something to do with that shift as well, because a lot of us maybe didn't have access to things. Like I know, for example, during the April, May months, we were on lockdown. So setting up photo shoots and all that kind of stuff wasn't really happening over here. (laughs) So it's kind of like work with what you have. And I think that led me to do more lives and, and have these unfiltered type of situations, whereas before it was definitely especially the type of account that I have. It's a marketing account. And, you know, I wanted to have it as polished as possible, right. But during that pandemic, it allowed me to loosen up a little bit, you know, let my hair down a little bit, because we were just going through this thing that we've never <laughs> could have imagined experiencing as a as a collective. So I, I think that definitely does play a role in, in that kind of change and how we in how we view things.
1: Absolutely. I mean, even with this podcast, I tune in and what I, not only do I tune in and listen and really get so like caught up in the conversation, but then something happens or something is said that leads me to or moves me to go and check out the person that you just had the conversation with. So your guest. So I feel that platforms like this. Because I mean, there's only so much you can edit out of a conversation when you're having in this format on a podcast. Even this, there's magic in this. Yes, you can go back and edit. You can record and 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 start all over. But this is a conversation, and I feel that we've come such a long way from showing up at the networking events with you know suit and tie and and five inch heels. Like I'm literally, we're recording right now. I don't know what your space looks like, but I'm (laughs) like in my closet, (laughs) no hair and makeup done. Like. We're still having this conversation and hopefully there's uh, growth and and, and value in what we say today that leaves an impact on someone else. We're able to do this because of the power of communication and technology and how far we've come. Absolutely. I I embrace all of this. This is is magic.
0: I agree with you 100%. And that's something that, you know, even though I do have a, a producer that's helping with the show, I definitely subscribe to the idea of not editing it too much because it's not about it being quote-unquote perfect right it's about just getting the message across and I think especially when you think of a podcast you want to have that authenticity as much as possible in order to connect with the audience podcast listeners they want that authenticity to begin with so definitely agree with you on that it's not like 100% like doing a live but it, it has that kind of similar feel if you will so definitely love that and I love Again, as you're saying, like, it's a conversation and, and that's definitely where I wanted to go and why I love connecting with you because it's just natural. We did have a topic in mind and we will, of course, get into it. But, you know, I feel like where we have started right now is, is amazing, right? I think that it's an important conversation to have. And maybe there are some people who didn't feel like they could, even through everything that's happened, they didn't feel like they could let their hair down. And maybe listening to this, they might be like, you know what, you're right times are changing. We don't have to have everything so structured all the time. So, I know that's I know that's helpful in a big big way. I also know that you did you did mention of course that, you know, you have an extensive background in marketing and you're just overall your communicator. Can you talk a little bit about like what led you into that field of marketing and communications?
1: I always say that I knew early on since I was a little girl that communications just moved me in, in, in ways that I can't even express in words. Definitely a communicator at heart, which is weird because I'm a person who you wouldn't call me a social butterfly, per se. I wouldn't say that I enjoy socializing as much as other people do. I'm not anti social. But I'm not that person that's going to go out there and make friends and meet people. I actually struggled with with meeting people and making new friends when I was growing up. Because it was so hard for me to communicate in that way, I, I, I had to figure out a different outlet. And so that made me a better writer. I started journaling since I was super, super young. So I've been writing for a long, long, long time. And that's led me to use other methods of communication to reach people, be it writing, hosting on camera, or live streaming. So I'm definitely a communicator at heart. But what I do for a living is marketing. And I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. And Seth Godin says, good marketing is three things. What you make, how you make it, and who you made it for. Mm-hmm. So I basically coupled who I am as a communicator and what I've learned throughout the many years I've been in this field in marketing. I've put those two together, and now I'm helping people communicate what they make, how they make it, and reach the people they make that product or service for. That's how I landed in this
0: space. I love it. Yes, like Seth Golden is definitely the go-to person for all things marketing. (laughs) Like he's definitely a brilliant mind and he's opened up the perspective of what marketing is. For a long time, people would think of marketing as like advertising and just like telling people as opposed to telling a story. They're just like telling people like, buy this product now. And whenever I think of someone who's such a strong proponent of mark of storytelling I should say I think of Seth Godin. So one of the things that I know we initially had spoken about and I was like okay I, I gotta get you on this live girl and then you killed that live and I'm like I gotta get you to write an article for my blog <laughs> and then I'm like now I gotta get you to be on my podcast because you just have a wealth of knowledge. One of the things that you're uh, passionate about is diversity in marketing. Can you talk a little bit about Why that's so, such a passion for you.
1: I come from a place where I've been the only person in many, many rooms sitting at many, many tables that looks like me, that comes from where I come from. I didn't realize the big lack of diversity in the marketing and advertising space. It took me a little while. It took me definitely years of being in the field and then doing extensive research. I uh, wrote my thesis and my master thesis in influencer marketing. And so I just did a deep dive into the marketing and advertising space and the history of it and where we are today and how far we've come. And there's definitely been a lot of progress, a lot of growth, but there's a lot of room to grow. Our society is changing. The way that consumers view brands and the way that they purchase products is changing. And- Marketing and advertising hasn't necessarily kept up with the evolution of how consumers behave, not in terms of diversity. If we look at Facebook, platforms like Facebook, it hasn't been that long that they have made a commitment to diversity and inclusivity. And I applaud the efforts that they're doing. Google is another one. I appreciate that these platforms are are making an effort, but it has taken them years of being in the game before uh, developing these programs and putting out these features. So I applaud it, but there's a lot of room for growth. I'm so passionate about it because I know the power of having a strategic, well-thought-out communications plan, knowing how to respond to a crisis. I have been at companies of various sizes, and I can see the difference it, it, it makes. It definitely makes a difference having a team and not only understand the product, the service, the brand, but also the consumers. So just to give you an example, the Super Bowl just happened here in, in, in the States. And there was a lot that went, I won't say there was a lot that went wrong, but there was definitely a lot of opportunity there that was missed, a lot of missed opportunity. And the viewers spoke up. The viewers took to the social platforms and made their voices heard and said, you know, some of these commercials, are just not hitting home and they're just not not living up to the expectation and to the the statements that these brands made just a couple months ago committing to diversity and inclusivity so some of the brands i feel aren't doing a good enough job and there's definitely something to be said for the ones that are taking a stand and this is what I believe in this is this is the side of history that I want to be on. The side of history that I feel we should all want to be on is definitely one that looks a lot like the world that we live in and the world that we live in is changing and growing and the population in the United States is no longer what it used to be. Um, Hispanics are out growing, outpacing other groups and so I think it's just time to wake up and I've said this before, it's time for brands and companies, especially the large companies, to wake up and realize consumers are not naive. Consumers are definitely voting with their dollars and they might not feel it today, but it's definitely gonna make an impact and a difference in the bottom line in years to come.
0: Definitely. So you've made you've given some examples in particular about larger companies, larger corporations, and their duties to have more diversity and inclusion in their marketing plans and their, their marketing strategy to reflect the society that they're serving, right? But what about smaller brands? What is What are their duty when it comes to diversifying their marketing?
1: So I would say that we don't give the small business owner credit that it deserves there's a lot of room for small business owners to to one listen and learn from what's happening and and use what we've got and make it work and 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 continue to pivot or at least make an attempt to stay ahead now as far as diversity goes with the small business owners i don't I, i would say that they have the same duty that the big corporations do i know that a lot of decisions are made based on budget this is the budget that i have this is who I can afford to to pay. And I understand that to an extent. Because if you are not a change agent in your community, you can't expect the large corporations to be a change agent in their communities or in the grand scheme of things. So I would say to the small business owners, one, take advantage of the resources that are out there. For example, Facebook Elevate is a program for Black and brown owned businesses, and they are releasing a program in the summer where they pair you up with an intern. I don't know if this is because it hasn't been the program isn't up and running yet, so I don't know if this is something you can actually request. But as a small business owner, I would ask if I applied to that program, I would ask is there opportunity to to pair me up with an intern that reflects. The community that my business serves. I think that would just, that would be the, the, the thing that would make the most sense. And that would be the most fair because if they're going to pair me up as a small business owner with an intern that has, that is absolutely uh, tone deaf or that has no, or that doesn't have similar background as my consumers or my brand does, or the people that work for me do, there's going to be a disconnect in the support that they provide.
0: And that's interesting. You um, brought up that program and it will be interesting to see how they're going to handle all of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it was. it's just about, first, this is what I mean when I say we have the same duty. As small business owners, we have the same duty as the bigger corporations. What I mean by that is we have the same duty to understand, seek out, and take advantage of the resources that are available. If you're not currently doing that, you are doing a disservice to your business, to your community, and to your consumer. And the second point is Don't be afraid to speak up. If there's resources that are available to you, let's say that there's a program at the local college, right? And they're doing the same exact thing. They're pairing you up with a volunteer or an intern. I would ask the same questions. I think that it is our duty to push outside the norm, to ask the tough questions, to sometimes ask for something that might not be a cookie cutter deal and see what you get. You don't know if you don't proceed if you don't ask.
0: Definitely, for sure. And I I was also thinking in terms of smaller brands and whether or not they should also include diversity. What about like, for example, a small brand, they want to participate in social issues, but they either don't, they're they're either afraid to do it because they don't want to say the wrong thing or they don't want to push away or turn away the current client base that they have. What about those type of situations?
1: This is a tough one because I hate to say this is what you should be doing or this is what you need to be doing. I think that this is circumstantial. This is this depends on your niche. On your niche. This depends on your industry and, and the, who you serve. But if I could make somewhat of a blanket statement toward that, I think that it is really no, no different than many of the things we've talked about already. If you, if you have the budget, if you do have people in your team that are handling the marketing or the advertising, I'd say now might be a good time to do an audit or, or some, some reflection of who makes up our team and do the people that make up our team accurately reflect who we serve. That's one thing. And then something else that I think is not spoken about enough is that as small business owners, one, we could use the help from volunteers or interns, even if they're unpaid interns. And two, that is a way that we can give back to our own community and help that community grow. I don't know how many business owners I can count that i talked to as a consultant who, like I said, don't even know that they can go to the local college or they can go to the small business organization in their community. That way you're giving the opportunity to someone that is going to need it because in order for them to get a job, they're going to want to have that experience under their belt. They're going to want to spruce up their resume. Put yourself out there as a business owner. I know it takes time and I know a lot of these business owners are solopreneurs and they're doing all the things and they're the manager and <laughs> the person hiring and the person doing the accounting. Right? But <laughs> I, I know the struggle. I am there myself. I get it. But doing things like this, are going to give back tenfold they're going to be the things that are going to set you apart from the from your competitor
0: you know perhaps some of our listeners might now be able to go to their local college or university and and ask them like what programs do you offer It, it doesn't hurt to inquire so that's definitely good advice for our listeners I really appreciate that I'm just wondering if we can we can flip things around a little bit so still on the topic of diversity what about brands who are owned by minorities? who feel that they're not necessarily getting the same level of of exposure as other brands, what can they do to level the playing field?
1: So whether you're a personal brand or you're a business that sells a product or offers a service, leveling the playing field is a matter of what that means to you. So in terms of exposure, I am a solopreneur. I am in this alone. I don't have a PR team. I do have a PR background, but it, it, it cost me nothing. It cost me zero dollars to take a look at the opportunities that are out there and take the time to send a DM, send an email, whatever you prefer in terms of reaching out and asking for opportunities that I know I'd be a good fit for and that I can show up as myself. Confident and am able to talk a little bit about what I do, who I am, and and how I'm helping my my, my consumers or my my clients, my customers. So basically, collaborations. So when you don't have a big budget, rely on in trade, rely on giving each other th- that that push. So let's say, for example, you and I are doing it right now, Jessica. Absolutely, I am right. I'm tapping into your audience. You're tapping into mine, and I'll tell you. Since I came on and did a live with you, I have gotten, I'm going to say, I've seen an increase of about 2% of my followers. And I know they're coming from your side of the world because it says on their bio that they're coming from your side of the world. Wow! I'm putting myself out there in terms of exposure. We've collaborated. People have heard what I've had to say and now know me in some way, shape or form. The smaller brands are not taking advantage of some of the resources that are out there and they're not using they're not leveraging their existing community to that extent so collaborations for sure it it costs you nothing so in terms of exposure i would just say i know it takes time i know that i i I know it's time consuming but it is so worth it it's so worth it so i would say don't worry about where the the bigger brands are and, and what their big budgets are and who which influencers they're working with your community your existing audience are influencers in their own right. Absolutely. So getting lost in the vanity metrics of I can't, I don't have the budget to hire the influencer with 100,000 followers, I think is is getting lost in the vanity metrics. <laughs> I think it's just as simple as that. There are influencers and there are people out there that are willing to try your product, see if it works for them and give you an honest, positive, just give you an honest review and recommend it to their friends and family. If it does what you promise It does.
0: Absolutely. And I think like in terms of hiring influencers to represent your brand or to showcase your product to their audience, there are are different levels of influencers. And there's influencers with all different types of budget for every type of budget. So definitely, you know, even if you can't necessarily afford the influencer with 100,000 followers that's okay. I mean, you might get value from having a nano influencer, right? Someone that had 2,500 followers, like you could still get a lot out of that partnership, right? Or that collaboration. So definitely agree with that. One other thing that I I wanted to touch on in terms of, of this idea of leveling the playing field when it comes to diversity. So there are some influencers who maybe weren't being paid the same way and they may have provided the same quality of content or even more content, but they weren't receiving the same pay. And these were people that were typically, from what you saw, people of color. Can you speak to that a little bit and maybe give some advice for those personal brands or or those influencers that before you reach out to a company or before you take an offer from a company, like think about this?
1: Absolutely. I would say as far as small business goes, I know a lot of decisions come down to budget. I've said this before, but if if, if, if at all possible and if it's in your, if you're the, the owner or you're the one making the calls as far as marketing goes, try to put yourself in the shoes, the, the people you're pitching to do collaborations with. I don't think that there's anything wrong with doing in trade or collaborations where you reach out and you say, hey, I'd love to send you a sample of my product and, and there's no compensation other than that product. There's nothing wrong with that. Where I feel small business owners get it wrong is where they ask for something in return, and um, they're not realizing that when you reach out to a person and you're offering your product, getting the product or talking to them a little bit about your service, getting that in their space and on their radar, in their hands, that their time or them saying yes to that, them agreeing to that, that in and of itself is is enough right? That is your foot in the door is what I like to call it. Now, asking for one post or two posts, asking for a specific set of things, deliverables is what we call it, is where I feel small business owners go wrong. If there's no monetary compensation beyond that, I would be very, very cautious. If you're asking for a set of deliverables beyond that, if you're specifically requesting, I'm going to send you this product in an exchange, I expect X, Y, and Z do not be shocked if the influencer comes back and is requesting payment or sends you their rates. I think it's going to take some time for us to realize this is what people do for a living or a side hustle. Exposure product, free products are not paying their bills. A lot of these influencers take what they do very seriously and put time and money and effort into what they do. As far as that goes, I would say just be mindful and and strategic about your outreach plan and your goals. Do not ask for more than what you are willing to to, to give. If you're only willing to give product and nothing more, then expect for that influencer to say, yes, I'd love a sample. And I would say keep an eye out on their account and see if they post. And if they do, ask if you can repost. I mean, that, that would be the goal. But don't go into it with these high expectations of, I'm going to send them one sample of this and they're just going to give me this bank of content that, you know, I can repurpose for the next three months. That's just unrealistic. And as far as influencers go, I'm going to share with you guys, if I may, Jessica, an account that I, I've been following, fypm.vip on Instagram. This is Glassdoor for Influencers. And if you are looking to get in that influencer space or if you're at a point where you're pitching brands and you don't know where to start or you've worked with brands before and you're just trying to make sure that you're on the right track as far as how much you're charging, this is Glassdoor for Influencers. It's by a gal, Miss Young Professional who's a blogger, and she she launched FYPM.VIP on Instagram. The service is basically you get to go see what brands are paying other influencers. And that sort of helps you decide when you reach out to this brand for a collaboration, where you want to be in terms of your rates based on your following and based on what deliverables you're going to be offering.
0: I love that. I'm, I'm so glad that there's that resource. Whether you're an influencer or even for small brands, sometimes you can shortchange yourself, right? And it's not like the brand that you're trying to work with is going to say, oh no, like you're charging too little. So even as you are talking, I was thinking about small brands because a lot of my um, audience are solopreneurs as well, right? And they may be smaller brands that want to work with larger brands. Say for example, if they're a photographer, they may want to work with a larger brand. So having that kind of knowledge base or that research of what are people in my space typically charging. So that way you're not shortchanging yourself when you're pitching to these larger brands as well. On the flip side, like if you are a small brand that is also trying to work with a larger brand, do that research of what is it that my counterparts are charging so that you are not shortchanging yourself. I think we've touched on so many things in this conversation, but do you have any final thoughts that you want to share um, in terms of diversity, in terms of inclusion in marketing, or what even minority Brands need to consider
1: basically research upfront to help you make informed decisions, and research at the end to help you evaluate what you just did, what just happened, and what needs to be tweaked moving forward, and what you can keep moving forward that that performs really well for brands. That also even small business owners with no budget for marketing and and and, and advertising and with really no resources to go out and hire or to get an intern on board, that cost you nothing. Evaluating where you are today, in terms of marketing, in terms of advertising, in terms of diversity and inclusion, that costs you nothing. Doing an evaluation, taking a look around and asking the people that you work with or your consumers, putting out a survey, how can we do better? What have we been doing that you appreciate or that aligns with your you as a consumer? You as a person, even better. You don't know if you don't ask. Just, I know it takes time. I know it's time consuming, but it really does pay off. Taking a day and just doing that for your business. Your business will thank you. Your consumers will thank you. Doing some evaluation before going into the next thing, before hiring that next person that's going to lead your marketing team or before reaching out to that next set of influencers to to promote your next product. I think that there's a lot of growth in just taking a step back and taking a look at what we've done. We want to evolve as brands. We want to grow and we want to get from point A to point B.
0: Definitely. Thank you so much for all this amazing, amazing advice. And I love this conversation. And I'm sure a lot of people who've listened in, they're going to want to follow you. I will put some of your contact on there. But how, how best can people get in touch with you and keep up with all things Nadia?
1: To keep up with all things Nadia. So tune into Live with Nadia, which streams on Facebook and YouTube. Follow me at Modern Millennial Mom on Instagram. And as far as marketing goes, all things marketing, the best way to reach me is via email. Hola, H-O-L-A at marcaconsultingfirm.com. And Marca is M-R-K.
0: Love it. Thank you so much again for joining this evening. This was amazing. And my listeners are so blessed to have you and, and hear what you have to say for today. So thank you again so much for joining me to talk about all things diversity and inclusion when it comes to marketing.
1: Thank you, Jessica.
0: So there you have it. That is my interview with Nadia Ramos. Again, like I said, she's just a wealth of knowledge, has so much great insights. And I hope that you're able to take away from this conversation. It's an important conversation that we need to have, right, as a collective about diversity and inclusion. So it's not just a topic, a hot topic that will die down after a little while we want to keep this conversation going because again very important for us as a society and as a collective to have these conversations so i hope that you're able to gather a lot of insights from this and i look forward to having more of these type of conversations and hopefully you found something that's able to help you and your brand as you continue to boss up so thank you again for listening for tuning in i don't take it for granted and until next time i'm Jessica alex Thank you so much for listening to the Boss of Your Brand podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find my podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think will love it. Until next time, stay bossy.